Today, we'll discuss whether the Islanders have a leadership problem, whether that's on the ice or in the locker room. Plus, we preview tonight's game against Boston and have our weekly farm report. All that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sar tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on this packed episode of Locked on Islanders. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed, or maybe a topic you'd like us to go over on a future episode of Locked on Islanders, feel free to email us at lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show to dis- when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans game time or any time. So please do feel free to reach out. You could also make a comment on our YouTube page or give me a DM on Twitter or email. So lots of ways to get in touch with the show. We're going to start today's episode with a uh, an, an email from one of our listeners, Vinay from Smithtown. And it's a long email, so I'm only going to read a little bit of it to get you to the main point. But Vinay really questions the leadership of this team. He says, I feel the Islanders have already given up on the season. They look lazy, unenthusiastic, inconsistent, and lost on the ice. It seems the team has lost confidence in Lane Lambert as well. He is having difficulty getting them motivated and playing as a cohesive unit. When A.J. Malesko says she notices the team isn't communicating with each other on the ice, this group has been together long enough to know, without communicating where the other is going and what they are going to do, they're just not getting it done. There's no accountability from anybody. He goes on to question... Anders Lee as a captain who's, and says he seems to accept play like this. 
How could he say anything? It's like he's invisible. Game in and game out. He then goes on to criticize Lula Morello, and we go from there. So, uh, Vinay, I'm sorry. It was a long email as you prefaced it, but I, I wanted to hit the highlights and basically get to uh, the main point that I wanted to discuss. But thank you for the email and for the kind words uh, about the podcast. Look, Anders Lee, well, let, let's start with this. There is growing pains right now with Lane Lambert. Lambert is in the process of his first season as an NHL head coach. And while he's been an assistant under Barry Trotz for many years in the NHL, and while he was a head coach in the minors and juniors, it's not the same quite as being a head coach for an NHL team. So he's been a head coach for a little more than half a season now. There are going to be growing pains. Now, the question the Islanders have to ask is, based on what they've seen from Lane Lambert, does he have the potential to grow into the role? Is he able in a few weeks, a year, however long it takes, to get to the point where he is more firm as a leader, the players seem to be more confident in him, and that things are going well? As for Anders Lee... Lee has always been more of a lead-by-example captain than a loud rah-rah kind of captain. And I don't think there's a problem really with either of these leadership styles as long as it works. Now, the fact that Anders Lee has not been playing his A-game as much in recent weeks certainly doesn't help. But he is still tied for the team lead with 15 goals, tied with Brock Nelson. He's third on the team with 30 points. Uh, But the fact that Lee has struggled a little bit on the ice recently definitely does affect his ability to lead to a point. Now, maybe what we're looking at at this point in time is a combination of a rookie head coach a slumping captain and a team that maybe needs a little bit more of a push than what they've been getting so far. But there does seem to be some kind of a leadership void on this team. Why do I say that? Number one, we have seen too many slow starts over the course of this season. And yes, the last two or three games that has improved and I'm glad to see that. I think that's a potential sign of growth. But again, look, over the course of 82 games, there are going to be some stinkers. You're going to have games when players just don't feel so well physically, or it's the third game in four nights, or there was a late flight that got delayed. And, you know, there are always some reasons why your team may not be at their best. But over the course of the season, you want to minimize that, and you don't want to give games away. We have already discussed on this show that the Islanders are not the most talented team in the league, that they need to put in maximum effort to win. That's how they did it under Trotz. That's how they need to do it now unless the roster changes dramatically. So, 
the Islanders need to be more consistent, to play 60-minute games, to not give away periods, to not fall behind or give up leads, to, to just play their style of play as effectively as they can, as often as they can. And yes, the other team gets paid too. And they're talented and they're professional, you know, NHL caliber players. But the Islanders do seem to be lacking leadership, cohesiveness, consistency. There are issues that need to be figured out. And I'm willing to give Lane Lambert a certain amount of slack here in his first season as an NHL head coach. But I think guys like Anders Lee and Brock Nelson and Ryan Pulak need to sort of step up and do a little bit more when you have a rookie head coach. So I think they miss Barry Trotz. And I think to an extent, off the ice, they miss guys like Zdeno Chara and Andy Green. Not that their contributions on the ice were spectacular, but the leadership that those veteran players gave, you know, I think especially in the case of Chara, were very helpful in the locker room to this team. Now, uh, you still have your Zach Parise, your Anders Lee. There are players on this roster who have experience and should be able to help lead we need to see more of it because I do agree, Vinay, that there is a little crisis of leadership right now on this team, and it's something that they have to sort of work out. You know, it may be a lack of confidence, but does the lack of confidence come because you're not winning or you're not winning because there's a lack of confidence? You got to break the cycle. And... Again, with the injuries they're going through, with the lack of depth on this roster and the age of this roster, I'm not sure that they can turn it around the way the roster is presently constituted. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We have our weekly farm report as we talk about a busy week for the Bridgeport Islanders, and we preview tonight's game against the Bruins all that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From the NFL playoffs to college and pro basketball, soccer, and of course the NHL, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you could even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Hey, the Islanders are underdogs against the Bruins tonight. Why don't you check out the odds and the available prop bets at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. And this was a busy week for the Islanders. They had four games in between the last time we did the farm report. The first one was last Wednesday, and they had a road game 
against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, falling in that one by a score of 3-1. to one. Andy Andreoff got the only goal. That was his team leading 18th. And Chris Terry picked up uh, an assist to extend his point streak to nine games. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. 29 saves for Ken Appleby in a losing effort. Islanders fall to Lehigh Valley by a score of 3-1. to one. Then, uh, last Friday, Islanders go up against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms again, this time at home, and it goes to overtime. Who gets the overtime game winner? Atu Ratu. So good to see him score at 236 of the OT, and the Islanders were back on track. And who set up the goal by Atu Ratu? How about William Dufour? Corey Schneider also uh, started that play by making a save, and Ratu ends up getting the win. Goals also for Jeff Kubiak. Otto Koivula and Andy Andreoff, 25 saves for Schneider, who was back in goal for Bridgeport for the first time since December 16th. That win ended an 11-game winless streak for the Bridgeport Islanders. Unfortunately, however, the following night, uh, a rough game in against the Utica Comets up in Utica, Otto Koivula gets the only goal, but it's a 5-1 loss to the Comets. Islanders had 34 shots on goal, but good goaltending by Utica ends up being the difference, and the Islanders drop the game. But yesterday, or should I say Tuesday, the Islanders back at home end up with a win over the Springfield Thunderbirds by a score of 6-2. And Ruslan Iskakov has a three-point night, a goal and two helpers. Atu Ratu and Arno Durando with a goal and an assist. And two assists each for Chris Terry and Andy Andreoff. Corey Schneider, 41 saves, facing 43 shots. Isles win it 6-2 to at least even their mark for the week at 2-2 two and two and stabilize things. And I think one big reason for the Islanders' st- stability, the Bridgeport Islanders, you're getting back some of those players like Atu Ratu, like Corey Schneider, who were up with the New York Islanders in the NHL because of all the injuries that they've been dealing with. And that certainly helps. You look at the standings right now, Bridgeport currently in fifth place in the Atlantic Division, but it's a dogfight between Bridgeport, Lehigh Valley, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Really important that Bridgeport gets back on track, and I think they've at least stabilized things over the course of the last week as their players get back to the lineup. I think that is a, a very, very critical situation. Meanwhile, we look at the scoring leaders. Chris Terry remains the team's leading scorer with 37 points. He also leads the team with 26 assists. Andy Andreoff has 19 goals to pace the team. He's second in points with 34. Ishkakov, 9 goals, 28 points in 35 games. Arno Durando, 
7 goals, 26 points in 38 games. Climbing the charts, William Dufour, 25 points in 37 games. 13 of those are goals. And the top-scoring defenseman remains Samuel Bolduck, 6 goals, 24 points in 38 games. Dennis Chalowski has 17 assists in 35 games. He's chasing him. If you're wondering about Atu Ratu, he's only played in 27 games for Bridgeport, and he has 7 goals and 15 points in those 27 games, so a little better than a point every other game. We look at the schedule now for Bridgeport for the coming week, and... uh, you know, after they play the Martin Luther King Day matinee, we have two games coming up this weekend. Friday night at home against the Rochester Americans. That is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. And then Saturday at home against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, also a 7 o'clock Eastern time start. So two big games right now. Uh, against two teams that you're fighting for positioning with in the division. Uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton, the team directly ahead of the Islanders in the standings, and a chance for Bridgeport to continue to get back into the thick of the playoff hunt in the AHL's Atlantic Division. So some good news for Bridgeport. They seem to be stabilizing things, seem to be getting back on the right track and I think, you know, getting back Atu Ratu offensively and Corey Schneider in goal makes a big difference for Bridgeport. And hopefully they will continue to improve in the standings and string some wins together. And if you want to see William Dufour and Atu Ratu and, and some of the Islanders' top prospects today, head on up to Bridgeport. Just take the ferry or drive up there. And you could see them Friday and Saturday night in Bridgeport. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we have a challenge tonight for the Islanders. Is there a way they can find, you know, what do they have to do to try to beat the Boston Bruins? We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So the Islanders in Boston to take on the Bruins. I don't have to tell you, the Bruins are, by record, the best team in the NHL. They are 34-5-4 on the season, 72 points in 43 games. That's, yes, 29 games over 500. 29 games over 500 in 43 games played. And to tell you how good they are right now, Goals for, they lead the league. Goals against, they are number one, leading the league. Their power play is third in the league, almost 28% conversion rate. Their penalty kill is the best in the National Hockey League with an 86.2% success rate at killing off penalties. Linus Olmark, Their goaltender is the runaway favorite right now for the Vezina Trophy. He is 23-2-1 on the year with a 9.36 save percentage and a 1.92 goals against average. His backup, Jeremy Swayman, also playing very well. A 2.35 goals against average, 9.12 save percentage. He's 10-3-3 on the year. So 
you, you look at the numbers and, you know, they are just impressive. Now, the, the, the Bruins lost at home in regulation for the first time last week to the Seattle Kraken. After that, they came back and beat two teams that are doing pretty well, Toronto and then Philadelphia, who's playing better recently, even if they're not necessarily, uh, you know, at the top of the standings, but they beat the Flyers 6 to nothing. This is a team that is very, very tough to beat, and we all know about the perfection line. Patrice Bergeron, uh, Pasternak, and Marshawn, but, you know, they are, needless to say, a tough, tough team top to bottom. Jake DeBrusque out right now. We'll see whether or not he's able to come back. But look at the, the lineup that they had in their last game was Bergeron, Brad Marshawn, and Craig Smith on the top line. David Krejci, Pavel Zaka, and David Pasternak on the second line. Charlie Coyle, to me, an underrated two-way center. He is the third-line pivot with Taylor Hall and Trent Frederick on either side of him. Think about this. Taylor Hall would probably be on the first line of the New York Islanders. Uh, Yuna Kapanen centers the fourth line. Nick Foligno and A.J. Greer flanking him. Matt Greslick and Charlie McAvoy, a very talented top pair. Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo are the second defensive pair. And then Derek Forbert and Connor Clifton, the third unit. Meanwhile, the goaltenders, Swayman and Olmark. This, folks, is a very difficult team to beat. They can do it to you in so many ways. Now, Swayman got the shutout against the Philadelphia Flyers uh, in their last game. Do you go back, if you're the Bruins, do you go back to Swayman because he's hot and had the shutout? Or do you go back to Olmark, who is rested and ready to go? You only have good choices, really, if you are the Bruins. Power play, Pasternak, 13 power play goals, 25 power play assists. He has 35 goals in 43 games. That puts him at, what, like a 66-67 goal pace. He is on fire, and it will be very, very challenging for the Islanders to try to slow down David Pasternak. Gotta have, in my opinion, uh... You want Ryan Pulak out there. Uh, anytime Pasternak is out there, Islanders at home do have the last change. So there's a little bit of hope there. But Lane Lambert going to be very, very challenged at this point to try to come up with a way to win. Can't give them time and space. Can't take bad penalties. I will be... Quite honestly, happy if special teams for the Islanders break even. If they don't score a power play goal, but they don't give up a power play or shorthanded goal, I, I, I would take it. I know you need to, you know, string together some success on the power play. And I'll say this on the bright side. If the Islanders are able to score a power play goal against the number one PK in the league, maybe. <clears throat> Just maybe it will give them a little bit more confidence with the man advantage. But this is not easy. And it doesn't get any easier because the Islanders have a back-to-back -back going up to Buffalo right after this one 
for a Thursday game, and we will, of course, preview that game on tomorrow's show. So, wow, uh, just a lot going on right now for the New York Islanders. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we are a day early, but Thursday will be the 39th birthday of former Islanders forward Tomas Vanek. Vanek, who attended the University of Minnesota, a native of Vienna, Austria, was drafted first round, fifth overall by Buffalo in the 2003 draft, had a 40-goal season for the Sabres in 08-09, but was traded to the Islanders in 2013-2014, played 47 games with the Isles, was put on the top line along with uh, John Tavares, had 17 goals and 44 points in 47 games, but the Islanders couldn't sign him. They tried. He didn't want to stay. They dealt him to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, before that 13-14 season was over, he later played for the Wild, Red Wings, Panthers, Canucks, Blue Jackets, and then the Red Wings again. He ended his career after the 2018-2019 season. 1,029 career NHL games, 373 goals, 789 points, 547 penalty minutes. Add 69 playoff games, 21 goals, 36 points in those games. You know, the thing about Vanek that I think bothered a lot of Islander fans was that he just didn't want to stay an Islander. And, you know, the Islanders did make an offer for him, but he just didn't seem to want to stay and didn't have the, the, the right feeling about it. And so he was traded away the same year he was acquired. But uh, while he was here, he was very productive, almost a point a game. Uh, a lot of people criticized him because some of those points were, you know, not in clutch situations. If the Islanders were up 5-1, to one, he would have, you know, a goal and an assist, and the final would be 8-1. to one. That was some of the criticism level that Vanek don't know how fair it was, but uh, he was certainly a productive part of the Islanders during the little more than half a season that he was with the team. So happy birthday to Tomas Vanek. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will be back tomorrow. We will have a our key takeaways from this challenging game tonight against Boston plus a full preview of the game against the Sabres. We'll have our unsung hero of the game, our go to the game, and believe me, a whole lot more coming your way tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, everybody. And, of course, let's go Islanders.